the end of a relationship can really stir up a lot of feelings and a lot of emotions, especially if that relationship didn't end on good terms. Now, what happens when you separate and you have children that you need to co-parent? That's when it can become extremely difficult and even more important for you to understand yourself, to love yourself and to do the best that you can so you can raise your children in a healthy environment. I'm Christy Davis and you're listening to the Self-Improvement Room podcast and this is visit number 31 to the Self-Improvement Room. All right, relationships start and they end, not all of the time, but many do. But what happens when that relationship brought beautiful children into the world? Unfortunately, we can't just walk away and forget that their father or mother (laughs) ever existed. And this can be the start of something wonderful or it can be the start of something incredibly painful and incredibly detrimental to your health, to your ex-partner's health, but mainly to your child or your children's health and emotional well-being. It is crucial that you take the journey of self-development and improving who you are every single day so that you can be the best parent and the best advocate for your child and actually have your child's best interests at heart. Not the type of interests that you manipulate so you can say that they're their best interests, but really it's your emotional dysregulation. (laughs) It's really about creating a comfortable life, a comfortable co-parenting existence so that your children can thrive. Now, I've been on the side of both. I have been on the side of getting along and creating a somewhat peaceful coexistence, co-parenting relationship. And I've also seen what an angry, bitter, hurt, emotionally dysregulated partnership in parenting can do. Because that's what you have to remember. You might not be partners, but you are parents. And your emotional regulation is a critical skill in co-parenting for the best outcome for your child. Now, divorce and separation, of course, can be emotionally challenging, especially if one of the parties have done the wrong thing. Infidelity, for instance, is always going to leave a bad taste in one of the partner's mouths. But we cannot use this to parent with. So unless your child is in immediate danger or one of the parents poses significant risk to your child, in which case you must do what is necessary to keep your child and family safe then you need to put everything aside and put your child first. And unfortunately, 
a lot of parents use the slogan, I'm putting my child first or I'm doing what's best for my child. They use this slogan as a way to manipulate the situation and so they can seek revenge on the other partner or the other parent. Now, as I said, divorce and separation is emotionally challenging for everyone, no matter what the circumstance. But I want to explore today why emotional regulation is critical for successful co-parenting. And I want to give you four how-to steps to help you navigate this challenging journey while also discussing the potential damage that emotional dysregulation can cause. And a lot of the time, we don't know as the hurt parent (laughs) that our emotions are dysregulated. Now, I remember when I first separated, I was very young and I had no emotional regulation especially with the way my brain works and uh, still works. I still have to work very hard to regulate my emotions. And when I first separated, as much as I never stopped my ex-husband or their father from seeing them, mainly because they were so difficult, I'm like, I need a freaking break. I didn't understand this whole parental alienation thing. I'm like, who who needs their kids 24-7? But anyway, that was me back then. Uh, but I really focused on how angry I was at the time and I didn't stay in that place for very long and we've been separated for 14 years and we recently accidentally found ourselves sitting together at our son's uh, year 12 formal along with all of the other parent couples at our table and uh, anyway side note side story we uh, had all of the parents look at us and say oh you're such and such as mum and dad yeah that's right oh how long have you been together well this is the longest we've been in the room together for 14 years (laughs) and uh, anyway anyway everybody laughed including my ex-husband but that took us a little while to get to that stage and we actually had to co-parent or work together that night because our son was meant to catch a flight the next morning and it had been cancelled and then his friend's flights were cancelled and he was trying to have a great night and I just said to his dad, we need to sort this out and (laughs) fix up these tickets. So we had to use each other's phones and agree on paying for, for everything and sorting it out so he could enjoy his formal we did not want to tell him that there were these issues around his trip that he was meant to have the next day. So we worked together to protect uh, to protect him and his night. And whether I want to do that or I don't want to, even though it really doesn't it doesn't bother me anymore, but whether I want to or I don't or he wants to or he doesn't, we really needed to put our son first because you graduate once from year 12, well, usually, unless you're me, (laughs) and you have one year 12 formal. So it was important to us for him to enjoy that. So co-parenting and emotional regulation is a critical skill for making it work together because if I was still angry and I was still pissed off, and I was still struggling with being emotionally regulated and angry for everything that had happened or still does happen, then 
we wouldn't have been able to do that together and the person that would have missed out would have been my son. So if you can start to put your child first in every decision you make, you will have a much better chance of having a child who doesn't suffer from the consequences of a messy evil (laughs) divorce or separation. Now before we dive into the how-to steps, it's essential to understand why emotional regulation is so critical to the co-parenting process. Firstly, emotional stability benefits your child, as you just heard in my example. When parents, both parents, can regulate their emotions effectively, it creates a stable and secure environment for your child. Kids thrive when they feel safe and free from emotional turmoil. But if a child feels like they have to protect the other parent from being hurt or from things that one parent has said, then a child's emotional stability and environment that they're meant to feel safe in is no longer a safe space for them. It's important to model healthy behavior. Parents serve as role models for their children, always. And I get that sometimes we are just doing the best we can. But if the best you can is not good enough and it is affecting your child, then it's on you to change. It's your responsibility to learn to do better. And I knew that and that is why I continue on this journey. By practicing emotional regulation, you're teaching your child valuable skills that they can use in their own lives. They need to understand how to regulate emotionally. They need to understand how to put all of their emotional blocks in order so that you don't respond quickly with anger or respond quickly with hurt. It's important that as adults we can respond in an emotionally healthy way because if we don't, that's when we experience problems in our lives, in our relationships, in our friendships, within our work environment. So learning to emotionally regulate is a critical life skill but even more so when you are in a separated parenting situation. We also need to use emotional regulation to reduce conflict. Being able to emotionally regulate can help reduce conflict between co-parents. Now, if your person, ex-person that you were co-parenting with is unable to emotionally regulate or respond appropriately, then it's going to be up to you to be able to regulate your emotions well enough so that you can reduce the conflict between you both. Less fighting and less tension create a more harmonious environment for your child to grow and develop. In saying that, you can only be responsible for yourself. You can't make your ex-partner or your co-parent behave responsibly, but you can bring the situation under control because if he or she is yelling and being abusive and telling you what you've got to do, if you can manage your response appropriately and calmly, then they cannot continue to bring that situation to a head because you're just not allowing that to happen. And there will be times where an appropriate response is no response and just to walk away. But your job in that environment and in that situation is to bring the situation 
under control. And that means having control of your emotions. And that's a really hard thing if your co-parent hasn't been faithful to you or hasn't treated you very well and that's why the relationship has ended. But again, your relationship with your ex-partner is a completely different relationship with him as a co-parent. Co-parenting is not the same as being together. So you must start again in a different type of relationship. And if you or especially your co-parent is incapable of doing that, then you need to look at it as a business agreement. And that is not what you want to aspire to. You really want to be able to be in a co-parenting relationship that is harmonious. But again, if it's not, you need to make it as harmonious as possible on your side because there are some severe consequences for emotional dysregulation. Failing to manage your emotions can have detrimental effects on your child and the overall co-parenting relationship. You can really harm your child. Your emotional outbursts, conflicts, tension between co-parents, that can negatively impact your child's mental and emotional well-being because they feel caught in the middle. They experience anxiety, depression and behavioural issues. Being incapable of controlling your emotions can really lead to a lot of trouble for your children and in turn a lot of trouble for you to be able to parent your child successfully. Another consequence of emotional dysregulation are legal and custody issues. Now I understand that sometimes there is no way around that. In fact I advocate for consent orders to be in place even when you separate on good terms or you think the other parent would never ever do that. I always suggest consent orders because things can change dramatically, especially when one partner gets a new partner and that starts to become a really messy situation. Emotional dysregulation can lead to massive legal battles, which makes the divorce separation process far more complex and far more costly. It can also influence custody arrangements and visitation rights and that can cause things like parental alienation and that's something that I have experienced very closely and it's something that is so incredibly detrimental to your child mostly but even the other parent, even if you cannot stand the other parent, regardless of what they did, as long as they are a good parent... They deserve a relationship with their child. Using a child as a pawn in any situation is wrong. And if you know my history as a musician, uh, I wrote my first song, Overdrive, about parental alienation. A lot of people thought it was about a, a guy that broke my heart, but it wasn't. It was about parental alienation and the detrimental impact that it can have. And a lot of people who decide to go down that path manipulate the system and then talk themselves into believing that they are doing the right thing for their child when really it's about revenge, it's about hurt, it's about control 
And ultimately, it's because they can't regulate their emotions. Now, a strained co-parenting relationship can really make communication and cooperation even more challenging. So emotional regulation is a lot less costly than emotional dysregulation. You don't want to be going to court, spending all of your money and all of your time, and I'm talking years, years, years and years, decades sometimes, a decade sometimes. That is such a strain on your life. It's such a waste of your life being so angry and not in control of your emotions can really waste your life. And on top of that, it can give your kids a really bad start in life. So how do you practice emotional regulation in co-parenting? Now you understand the importance of emotional regulation in co-parenting, let's look at how you can practice being good at that because it's a skill. And it's a skill that I never had. So number one is self-awareness. And again, these are things that we should be working on in our own personal development journey anyway. And self-awareness is starting by recognizing your emotions. Hey, I'm pretty angry. Hey, I'm, I'm pretty pissed off. I'm feeling very hurt. I'm feeling very vulnerable. I'm feeling stupid. And again, just really angry. That's when you need to understand that you're having those feelings so that you can seek help. You have to understand what those triggers are around your anger, frustration and sadness as well. So is it going to do a swap over with your child, with the co-parent and seeing them with their new partner? If it is, it might mean just having somebody else to help you do the changeover so you don't have to see them. You could use journaling as a tool. It's a really helpful tool so you can write down what emotions you're having so you can begin to work on them and eventually control them. Effective communication is a really great way to practice regulating your emotions. Openly and respectfully communicating with your co-parent. Use I statements to express your feelings and needs without blaming or accusing. So I feel this might not be working because of this. Not you are doing this and you are making everything hard because of blah, blah, blah. Active listening is equally as important. Give your co-parent the chance to express themselves without interruption. Now, obviously, if you have a very bad or very turmoil separation, then a lot of these strategies are not going to help. And the strategy that you need to use is treating it, as I said earlier, like a business arrangement. You just speak as if you were doing a business deal. Facts only. Facts, facts, facts. And if you can manage it, a few pleases and thank yous. That goes a long way in starting to build a relationship. And you might not want a relationship with your co-parent. You might not want a co-parenting relationship, but I am here to tell you that when you had your child with that person, you were choosing to have them in your lives until at least your child is 18. So it is your responsibility to make sure that you can create a co-parenting relationship 
in an environment that's going to be conducive to raising your child in a healthy way so that they have safety, so that they feel emotionally stable and they are emotionally regulated. Another thing you can do is develop coping strategies. Build a toolbox of coping strategies to help you deal with strong emotions. So that could be breathing exercises. I'm a huge fan of diaphragmatic breathing. Uh, Aside from obviously learning that um, as a vocal coach and understanding the intricacies of it, it's a very, very effective tool to manage anxiety and to manage anger. (laughs) Mindfulness meditation or just seeking support from a therapist or support group. Engage in activities that help you de-stress and recharge. All of these coping strategies will help you get to a point where you feel good and you feel happy within yourself. And that is when the anger and the frustration from the separation will start to dissipate. The other thing you can create is a co-parenting plan. If you aren't big on consent orders, which is kind of like a co-parenting plan but stamped by a judge, then you can create a comprehensive co-parenting plan that outlines responsibilities and expectations of each parent and that can help minimise potential conflicts and reduce ambiguity. In saying that, it doesn't mean that each parent has to follow if you just have a parenting plan, but it can be a place to start. Lastly, you need to focus on your child's needs. During emotionally charged situations, remind yourself that your child's well-being is your top priority, not how can I make myself believe and feel better about what I'm doing by saying that I'm doing it for my child. Not that. Absolutely not that. Before you say or do anything, ask yourself the question, is this truly what is best for my child? Put yourself in your child's shoes and think about how they will feel in regards to what you're just about to say or what you're just about to do. When making decisions related to your child's upbringing, you have to base them on their best interests, not your personal feelings towards the co-parent. As I said, that was your choice. That was your choice to have that relationship. That was your choice to bring this child into the world. It was not the child's choice. So the child needs to have their, their needs met. They need you to have their best interests at heart. And I know what you're thinking, what if the other parent doesn't have the child's best interests at heart? That's going to happen. That's going to happen in a lot of relationships. The key is for you to do everything that you can on your side of things so your child at least has one place they feel emotionally safe. That is all you can do. You can't make somebody do something they don't want to do. Now you can treat them well and that will, or the best you can, and that can lead to a better relationship down the track. It's definitely a stepping stone to a better relationship. But if they are the type of person that is just not interested in that, then all you can do is what is best for your child every single time, every single time. And that doesn't mean necessarily keeping your child away from that other parent 
It just means trying to reduce the anger around your child that your child sees. Trying to ensure that you communicate thoroughly and respectfully regardless of how your co-parent is treating you. Take the emotion out of it. It's the same thing I say about parenting. When your kids are saying hurtful, spiteful things and you are feeling hurt because you're like, I give you everything, why are you treating me this way? We need to take the emotion out of that because we can't parent effectively when we're not emotionally regulated. And that is the same thing in the co-parenting. And lastly, consistency. Consistency is key. Maintaining a consistent routine and set of rules across both households if you can because that provides stability and a sense of security for your child. Sometimes parents can't be on the same page with that. A lot of times that's why parents have separated because they have different values and morals and and parenting strategies. But consistency at your house is really important. Your child needs to know that they have at least one environment where they know what is going to happen because a part of safely parenting your child and meeting their emotional needs is making sure that they can rely on you. They need to know that you're going to be there, that you're not going to be absent. They need to know that there is routine and consistency in the type of life that they are living. So that is up to you to provide that. And if you are emotionally dysregulated, then you're going to struggle to provide that safety, that security, that consistency that ultimately puts your child first. So there you go. Emotional regulation is a critical skill in co-parenting after divorce or separation. By understanding its importance and following those steps, so let's have a look at those steps again, having self-awareness, effective communication, developing coping strategies and creating a co-parenting plan, that can help you or those steps can help you create a more stable and nurturing environment for your child. It's essential to recognise the potential damage that emotional dysregulation can cause both to your child's well-being and to the co-parenting relationship. In the end, your child will benefit from love and stability and a positive role model that comes from your efforts in mastering emotional regulation in co-parenting while avoiding the harm that emotional dysregulation can bring. So always working to be the best version of yourself is the best way to parent because our kids are looking up to us. They are looking to us to understand how they need to be in the world. You do not want your child to grow up and, and realise that they have to start again like I had to. <laughs> they have to learn how to do everything all over again because you weren't there to provide what they needed. So there you go, emotional regulation, incredibly important to co-parent successfully. Speaking of parenting, next week we are going to dive into recognising and understanding your child's silent battle. I'm talking about anxiety 
It's nothing worse than watching your child slip away because they are experiencing severe anxiety. All right, thanks for joining me in the self-improvement room for episode number 31. I'm your host, Christy Davis. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you know when a new episode is available. And until next week, stay safe and stay well.